2: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
3: Good Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are live here in New York City. It's Thursday, August 25th. I'm JB Erdahl alongside Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, and a Super Bowl champion to my left, Jason McCordy. It's August 25th. Mm-hmm. We started on July 25th. Oh, it's been one month of the magic. One month of the magic. Oh, let's go. I know, it feels good. Let's, let's go. go. Oh, man, we've been happy to be here. Yeah. We're happy to continue it. It's time for the lead block. The, the Rams and Bengals are holding joint practices this week ahead of Saturday's Super Bowl rematch and preseason finale. You can catch that game at 6 p.m. Eastern right here on NFL Network. Joe Burrow told reporters yesterday that he was a full go at practice. No limitations after missing a few weeks due to his appendectomy in July. He also told reporters what he thinks of the offense with just two weeks until the regular season kicks off.
0: We, we run the ball really well. we got to get better in play action, and then our drop back passes. You know, I think what we do best with our guys on the outside.
4: There's a lot of talk about like the Shanahan offense or the McVay offense. What do you think the biggest characteristic
3: of the Zach Taylor offense is?
0: Throw to our horses on the outside really far down the field.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He is right about that. I'm just chuckling at everybody, chuckling at Joe Burrow. We're all chuckling. And it worked. They went from a four-win team, last in the AFC North, to a Super Bowl contender the next season. Now it's all on tape, so how are the Bengals And how will they handle Mm. going from the hunters to being the hunted? Ooh, got goosebumps. I know, right? Like, they had everybody on their radar, radar, and now they are on everybody's radar.
5: It is a different lifestyle. When they walk into a stadium, when somebody walks into their stadium, they're ready to go. They have that game circle because of the Joe Burrows, the Jamar Chase, the T. Higgins, Joe. And now it's a star-studded team. And they're a young team. A lot of those guys were a part of that four-win season. And now you reach crazy success in one year. There was no yeah. build-up. There was no, like, all right, we're, we're chopping down wood. We're getting better each and every year. Like, no, all of a sudden, we're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Bengals will have somewhat of a letdown this year. It's not going to be okay. just roses and, all right, next thing you know, they're back in the Super Bowl and they're representing the AFC. I think they are going to falter a little bit. And this Bengals team, they were 10-7 last year. They were the worst kind of division winners of the playoffs. It's so it wasn't it. like they just blew everybody out of the water with a 12-13 win season. They won 10 games. They lost a lot of games they lost games after playing against some of their bigger opponents they played baltimore early on blew them out mm. lost to the jets after that mm. it's kind of what we call that trap game kind of mentality and after a season like they had last year where you make it all the way to the super bowl and now everybody's gunning for you mm-hmm. i think it's going to be hard for them to have that same level of consistency mm. week in and week out mm.
2: I'm, I'm interested to hear you say that because i think there's a huge amount of naivete about the bengals in this season and you look at them, you're like well burrow's back and chase is there and they, they just they're got good. the band back together and they're just set now they're they're going to be the new Chiefs. Are they? Be careful just saying they're set up for years like the Chiefs are. The Chiefs were already up and running with Reed and Alex Smith, and then Mahomes shows up and takes them to the stratosphere. Also, we'll see what comes from the Bengals as an organization and as a front office to keep these players, to keep them going year after year. That's all TBD. For this year, how good is Joe Burrow? What are we going to get from him? Is Joe Burrow going to set up shop for the next 5, 6, 7, 12 years as... I'm like the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the league. You know, I'm kind of in that Dak Prescott zone, and that's fine. That's great. Or is he like, no, I'm the man. Like, I am the new guy. I'm two. I'm three. I'm one. Because if he's not, we're just going to be in this thing where, like, you go back to 90s NBA. You got Allen and Jackson and, and Mahomes and Herbert, like, Who is the the Ewing and the Barkley and those guys, and then who is the Jordan? Because a bunch of these guys, these great young quarterbacks we love, it ain't going to work out. You're not going to get your rings. You're not going to get back to the Super Bowl. So if Joe shows up this year and he's just like, yeah, I'm really good, I'm a top 10 guy, bink, bink, you're going to get picked off by these other guys. In this era that he's born in, his lot in life is like, man, I'm in a bunch of great AFC quarterbacks for my whole career. He might be the guy. He might be like, I'm going to be the Hall of Famer of this group. I'm that good. We don't know yet. Way too young. But if he's only like, yeah, I'm very good. I don't know if it's going to be enough because there's too many killers. There's too many Allens and Mahomes and like, I get it. He's beaten them and I love it. But year after year, way, way harder than it looks. You don't just snap your fingers and say, we're the new Chiefs.
6: It's interesting because he said that yesterday. He said, hey, you know, last year was almost like still my rookie year, the first half of the season Mm -hmm. coming off the ACL. And it was like not until that second half of the season when they started to get rolling that they actually started believing each other. And that 10-7 and record was not indicative of what they looked like down the stretch, right? Right. Those were games that they lost in the game. They were 3-3 and at one point. I look at last year and I look at, two different teams that they played against. The mighty Ravens who used to kick the snot out of them every single week. What they did against the Ravens in two games. In the first game, they go in, they play the Ravens in Baltimore and it was like, what the heck just happened? Bengals beat them 41 to 17. Lamar was on the field and Burrow through for 416 yards. The Ravens, obviously licking their chops to get another shot at them. They play them a second time and I know it's not Lamar at quarterback, but the Bengals beat them again, 41 to 21 and Burrow threw for 525 yards in that game. So, to me, it's like young team, all right, we beat you once, and then the old veteran team like gets the best of you. All right, well, what about the Chiefs? They play the Chiefs in a very, very important game in week 17, where in playoff, you know, berths are on the line, the whole deal. They play the Chiefs, and you know, they go in week 17 and they beat them 34 to 31 at home, mm-hmm. and it was an awesome victory mm-hmm. where Jamar Chase went for 11 catches in 266 yards. You fast forward to the AFC Championship game, and it's like, they should be scared of the Chiefs. They're down. They're down 21 to the, They weren't. Runs over. They weren't. Like, they came all the way back, and all the guys— Like, you're seeing Samaje Pirine making huge plays in an AFC Championship game in Arrowhead. So they did it last year. They went into these places that have been, you know, haunted for them, and they went in against these big dog teams, and they kicked the snot out of the Ravens twice, and then they beat the Chiefs twice when the Chiefs were supposed to be the team last year. We have to make our predictions out of the AFC in a week or two. How do you do when
2: your eyes land on the North? Forget the North. The whole thing.
6: The whole thing. Like, is anyone picking the Bengals? We haven't made our picks yet. I'd be curious to see if anyone in the national media mm-hmm. is picking the Bengals to go back Again, go back. It's very easy to say, like, I'm doing it. Yeah, they're good. They're great. Mm-hmm. How good? Mm-hmm. How, how much faith do you have in them? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see what people think mm-hmm. and what the, what the Bengals think. Mm-hmm. So,
3: agreed that the Bengals are one of the teams in the league that ride or die with their quarterback. It's not like, oh, you've got to shut down defense and the offense has to manage. Like, this yeah. team will rise and fall with Joe Burrow. Okay, that being said, I can't stop going back what? to the 2019 LSU Tigers. Joe Burrow has done this before. He was the <laughs> (laughs) hunter and then became the hunted in the preseason poll. In 2019, LSU is ranked 6th. Keep in mind all these teams that were above him because they will come into play as he went from hunter to hunted. LSU is ranked 6th. As September and October roll along in 2019, they start to pick off teams. They start to rise up the ranks. November 9th, 2019, they're number 1. Alabama is 8th. He picks off Alabama. It starts to flip. All of a sudden, he becomes the hunted. He becomes a Heisman front runner. And then is there the Heisman curse for Joe Burrow? Does he fall on his face in, this, yeah, in right, the college right, football right, right. playoffs? Look at that. Absolutely not. Okay, okay. He fell down then in the national championship. Nope. Did he? He He did not. There are his numbers 463 passing yards against Clemson. He beat four of the five teams that were ranked higher than him in the top six preseason poll in 2019. He was the hunter, he became the hunted, he's been here before, he'll do it again. This is a comfortable place for Joe Burrow to exist. This is, no, this is the first half of my rookie season. I feel like he's just messing with all of us. He's like, I'm good, we're good, I got it, that's it. So it's been a thrilling couple of weeks because now that we know players 100 through 21, how will the rest of the list unfold? You can hear what players have to say about each other as they discuss who they nominated and why, who will be number one. The questions are endless. Top 100 Players of 2022 presented by Truly continues this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on NFL Network. We still have a few more days to make our predictions and we are just getting fired up about who's going to take that number one spot in the NFL Top 100 Players of 2022. For now though, let's focus on the quarterbacks as we take a look at the top 10 highest ranked quarterbacks from the 2021 list. There were four of them in the top 10, which is something to say about 2021. For now, we want to focus on two of those in the AFC naturally. Mm -hmm. Which quarterback will rank higher on the NFL top 100 list of 2022, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen?
6: It's interesting. When Patrick Mahomes was four and Lamar Jackson was one, they went and beat the Ravens and he threw touchdowns and was doing this. One, Mm -hmm. two, three, four, and then went like this. I think Josh Allen's gonna be higher than Patrick Mahomes, and that's gonna sit on Mahomes' shoulder. Mm -hmm. I think the players were blown away with what Allen did in the playoffs, both against the Patriots and then against the Chiefs, even in a loss. I think Josh Allen for the players is gonna be higher, and I think Mahomes will be watching.
5: Yeah, I agree. And my thought process is now Mahomes sidearm throws, bodies parallel to the ground making throws. It's kind of the LeBron James effect. We're so used to seeing it where it's just like, oh, that's not, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just Mahomes being on Mahomes. Another quarterback does something. We're like, oh, well, if Patrick Mahomes did that, we wouldn't even be surprised. So for that reason, people are just astonished by what Josh Allen had to do last year. He's dragging guys, throwing touchdowns. So I'm going Josh Allen. To Dude, Mahomes
2: won that game. I know. It's yeah. so, I think we've talked ourselves into Allen won the game. Mahomes did the 13-second miracle. Then Mahomes did it again in overtime. I love Josh. It should be Mahomes, and I think it will be. He won the game. I don't understand why we give it to Josh.
3: Yeah, I'm with Mahomes too, but mostly because of like the Stefan Trayvon Diggs comment I had last week about, or this week about the top 100. It's like you don't want to vote Patrick Mahomes any lower than anybody else. Like because God forbid what comes of Patrick Mahomes when he is put any lower than number one. Coming up, is it possible that the Packers offense could be even better this year than they were last year? I'm just asking the question, okay? We're going to give you our thoughts. It's game day. The Packers and the Chiefs are wrapping up their preseason tonight and everybody else's preseason at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on NFL Network, as if this wasn't big enough, this matchup. One of Green Bay's new wide receivers, Sammy Watkins, added a little bit more intrigue. When he told Packers.com after playing with Patrick Mahomes for three seasons, he said, I think Pat is incredibly good. Let's just start there. But I think A-Rod is on a whole other level. He's amazing how he controls the ball how he can put anybody in place. I've been with a lot of quarterbacks. I've never seen them carry themselves like Aaron Rodgers. End quote. I, too, have not seen anyone carry themselves like Aaron Rodgers. Well, as we take a look at what he's got to work with in 2022, Rodgers may have to take his game to yet another level this season without his all-pro wide receiver, Devontae Adams. Of course, we don't know what this group will look like on the field just yet, but is it possible, looking at those names, that the Packers' offense could be better this season? without Devontae Adams. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, I, I, here, here's the thing. I don't know if their numbers are going to be better, but I think generally how they work, one thing that's not going to age really well is our spending the whole offseason talking about who's going to step up as wide receiver, who's not. I know why we do it, but I also think it's going to end up being irrelevant. I, I think the offensive MVP for the Packers outside of Rodgers is going to be Aaron Jones. I think he's going to be wildly involved all over the field, backfield. Otherwise, remember, they could have let him go. And it's just like, all right, it's A.J. Dillon's time. They kept him on. They paid him. I think he's going to be everywhere. And what's fascinating about this to me is that on the day that Aaron Rodgers called out his young receivers, that took every single headline. There is a hidden gem within the exact same media session that day in which Rodgers basically laid out what's going to happen. He's talking about Dylan and Jones. We're gonna to have to use Jones and Dillon. You've seen today we had them in multiple packages where they're both on the field. We've gotta get our best 11 on the field and it seems like those two are in our best 11. Went on to elaborate about, we got things out of the backfield for them, we got things downfield for them. Just do the math with me here. Five linemen, a quarterback, a tight end Tanyan, a running back, a running back, that's nine players, that's two spots for wide receivers. They're taking the field week one, and it is Lazard and Watkins and maybe Cobb in and out. I don't think the Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson thing is gonna even play a role until maybe later in the season. They're gonna do really creative things with both running backs and two wide receivers, a lot. So I actually do think it's going to work. I think there'll be a defensive team and a running team. Stats, no, nah, who cares? I think they'll be just as efficient. I do. But who's he going
6: to go to on third and eight? Lizard. Who's he going to go to on third and six? Lazard. Tanya. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's take a look at that wide receiver's room because I do think it matters. Take a look here. Let's look at the wide receiver's room that he's walking into right now. And there are guys. We need two of them, right? So let's say it's... Lazard and Watkins to start, or maybe Cobbs, you're, you know, he's a slot guy, and Dobbs and Watson, okay, so there are guys, that, that is not an impressive room compared to what we're seeing in Cincinnati and mm-hmm. Kansas City and some of these other places where it's just name after name after name. Last year, when it mattered most, only Rodgers and Adams on the field on that offense. I watched that game back. It was on NFL Network, the NFC It's a tough watch. When it matters most, you've got other wide receivers on the field, but it was just gonna be Adams no matter what. And now Adams is gone, so, as much as we could talk about this two running back thing and the two tight ends and, well, maybe Dobbs is good, like, in a moment, and all that matters for the Packers this year is January, he's gonna have to rely on someone of those wide receivers. And- One of the worst losses I've ever seen in NFL history, that Packers home loss with special teams in the punt block and Mm -hmm. the way they just could not move the ball after the prolific season and he had. I have to think one of these wide receivers is going to have to step up, and I can't put my finger on it. I'm not ready to say Alan Lazard is going to be able to fill that role just yet. All fairness, I believe that they will be fine on offense. I just don't know, without Hackett, without Getze, and Mm -hmm. without Adams, if we can say that this thing is going to be as good as it Mm -hmm. was last year.
3: Listen, it's questions like this, and like I applaud that. It was a deep dive on that take, like to go to the game and to the, 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 the wide receiver room and the stats and then you have the quote from the media session but like Aaron Rodgers told us the answer to this question mm-hmm. earlier in preseason and I just want you to hear his answer once again because he told us the answer to the question already.
5: The young guys, especially young receivers, we got to be way more consistent. You know, we've a lot of drops, a lot of bad route decisions, run the wrong route. we got to get better in that area. I had a conversation with a couple of the young guys uh, about the standard that we're going to hold them to. And they are rookies but They're NFL players, and what's been on film hasn't been good enough as of yet. So there's been some splash plays, but there's been a lot
4: of mistakes.
3: Here's what I find fascinating about that statement, especially the first half, where he is talking about their mistakes and their drops and their mental errors. You could take that exact quote verbatim and you could play it on January 15th after the Packers perhaps lose an opening round game in the playoffs and it still plays Mm -hmm. he could be looking at young wide receivers as his issue because once again as Peter pointed out he doesn't have the option in Devontae Adams I think it's going to be hard different teams will rely on the run for different reasons but if you have Aaron Rodgers I I don't understand Mm -hmm. why and unless they become like excellent and they really utilize them as pass catching running backs that's great and do that but like why would you hand the ball off eight times out of ten when you have Aaron Aaron Rodgers as mm-hmm. your quarterback.
5: I love this, because later on, it's, it's one thing to sit around the table and talk about it and pull up this stat, that stat. Go on. It's another thing to get inside the film room and mm. break it down. And later on, holding court, I will be breaking this down, because the Packers offense will still be very good. They still have Aaron Rodgers. And a matter of fact, they played games without Devontae Adams these last three seasons, and they performed well. You'll see right here, 7-0, that's 31 right. points per not game. not 2-0, that's 7-0. 277 passing yards per game. That, That sounds pretty good to me. They won seven games, and the last time I checked the game of football, is about winning. And like Kyle alluded to, this Packers team can still win a lot and can still perform on the offensive side of the ball. Aaron Rodgers in those games, he had 19 TDs, one interception and 119 passer rating. I think that has a lot to do with the offense. Mm -hmm. And I will show you guys later on the importance of an Aaron Jones and what he can do. And not only that, the importance of where you align these receivers and what you do with them. No No matter who it is in the game, give Mm -hmm. LaFleur some credit. How you utilize these guys will go a long way. I'm fired up Mm -hmm. to show you guys and get your response. And
6: I would just add, as everyone at home is picking this apart also, they might have the best defense in the league. Mm -hmm. So if they do do this running, like, their defense is nasty Mm -hmm. and is loaded. And it might be the defense... And Rodgers might be shuddering to hear this. Might be the defense carrying the load in a lot of these games too, because mm-hmm. they're that good. They can win on that side mm-hmm. too. And
2: I, I would, I would change my answer. You asked me who's he going to in the third and eight. I just spit out the Lazard. Yeah, he said Lazard. I think he's going to Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is going to have 80 or 90 catches this year. And I know I was a running back. I think he's incredible. They paid him. I do. I do. I think he's going to be everywhere. He's going to be a wide receiver a lot. And you'll get into it in your segment. But like, I think he's going to be everywhere. Yes. So let
3: me get this straight. You just let us do all that work, coming up with all our answers, and you're just sitting there on all your research, and you're just going to lay the answer on. Us later in the show?
5: Whenever you talk about an offense or a defense, it's about doing your 111. Everybody has a job on the defense or offensive side. One right one here, one. I'm 14th I was one-fourth. We all put the work in. You're yep. My fourth may shine a little brighter than somebody else's fourth. Right. Yeah, same there, time. It is. there, there it However, is. it I shakes out. We're it. still a team, mm-hmm. you
3: know? Yeah, we are. It's time for a training camp spotlight presented by Progressive Insurance. Jameis Winston was having himself a nice season in 2021 before injury cut it short week eight against the Bucks, Winston said recently that he's, quote, feeling better every day. But we're still not certain if Winston will start in the Saints' final preseason game tomorrow night against the Chargers. Winston was certain, though, when asked if this was the most complete team he's ever been a part of.
7: Uh, yeah, yeah, I-, I believe we got a, a lot of great pieces obviously I play with a tremendous talent at Tampa but I believe this this team has a a lot of talent and I believe we can do some great things but you know actions speak louder than words and I'm pretty sure everyone in this building would would say that we want to do our talking on the field
3: complete is the buzzword here how complete of a team are the New Orleans Saints
6: awesome defense led by a new defensive head coach, awesome offensive line. Is there an offense that can keep up with these other NFC offenses? And then you look at the names and it's like, I, they've got a lot of playmakers. Mm. Take a look at these playmakers that they have on this team. Not only do they have Michael Thomas coming back, obviously he's got a little injury now, but Chris is a rookie. Kamara, when he's on the field, like Landry, I don't know, it seems like a lot of good players. I'm going to say we're probably overlooking the Saints. And it goes without saying, it's all going to come down to that quarterback. And he's got a way bigger arm than Drew Brees had the last few Mm -hmm. years. I wouldn't be shocked and I know we laugh when we say that thing like it's a way to hedge your bet but I wouldn't be shocked if the Saints were relevant this season. That defense is too good for them not to be in games late. and They were in games late last year and they had like Ian at quarterback down the stretch.
5: Yeah and that's the exact point I want to make. Jamie always says when you look at a team they're not going to be all out offense all out defense but you need one side of the ball to be able to hold it together and this defense Top 10 defense, they found a way to win nine games last year with four different starting quarterbacks, which you just alluded to, with Ian Book. So, yes, they have the defense that is can be one of the best in the league, that can carry the team, and they have the weapons on offense. The loss is Sean Payton. Where does the offense go now with Dennis Allen? Are they able to get the most out of Jameis Winston to complete the overall roster? But there's a ton of talent through and through on that roster.
2: There is, and listen, maybe the most talented guy in their entire team is Alvin Kamara, and we can't sit here and assess them as a team without talking about what's going on with Alvin Kamara. It's not a fun topic because it's unsavory and it's murky, but the fact is that Alvin Kamara, back over Pro Bowl weekend, was arrested in Las Vegas for an alleged incident involving violence. And there's a lot of reports about what's going on in the court system, that they have a court date for a hearing that's been pushed back and pushed back, and if there were to be NFL discipline, you have to wait till after the court hearings, and it's all just held up, and maybe it comes during the season, maybe it doesn't. Fact is, there's a viable chance that the best player on their team might be suspended for who knows how many games. It's a pretty pertinent part of this conversation. They're a different offense without Alvin Kamara, especially when you're going to ask Jameis to do more. So I don't like talking about it either, but it's incredibly relevant if you start to say, can they win the South?, pay attention when the developments come out with Alvin Kamara. I, I I love him as a player, and I hope this thing ends well, but I don't know, and neither do you.
3: Absolutely. A huge factor, especially, you just said it, without Alvin Kamara, then Jameis Winston has become a different yeah. quarterback, and we've seen him have growth. We've seen him improve with this Saints team, but he mentioned it in his answer. Another complete team that he played on was that 2019 Tampa Bay team. Mm-hmm. You've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, I'm sorry, the names that Tom Brady came in and won a Super Bowl with the very next year. This was a hard Year for Jameis Winston. Clearly, he wasn't the key to make this Tampa Bay team a complete fit. We have seen growth from him since he has arrived in, in the Saints with the Saints. And sometimes it's puzzle pieces, things fit differently. Maybe he's the answer here that the Saints needed more than the Bucks, and Tom Brady was just a better fit. I hope that for them because as far as I know, they are one of the most complete teams except for that quarterback position yeah. is he the puzzle piece that they need i
2: agree J- jason quickly you know what do players around the league on defense say about Jameis? what's the reputation on the field
5: i mean you know his arm strength you know his talent the year you just talked about in 2019 i mean he was incredible a ton of yards godwin and mike evans both had a thousand yards we had a ton of interceptions. 30 interceptions. 30 interceptions. He's a guy you can get. 30, he went 30 for 30. Yeah, so the this. thing is, it's like you love him as a player, the talent, but it's just like you don't know what you're going to get every yeah. Sunday.
3: All right. Coming up, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, two of the best receivers in the game. Who's going to have the better season in 2022? Oh. Throwdown Thursday coming your way.
5: Tyreek.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
4: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning,
3: football! Time for Throwdown dog. Thursday. Give down Throwdown oh. Thursday, presented by iHop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The hop? Presented by oh. iHop, Oof. exactly. You know who's got good hops? Dolphins quarterback, Tua Vila. he was asked what felt different for him about this training camp compared to others. I
2: don't know, everything. Everything. Offense is different. The confidence that the guys have coming out to practice is different. The confidence that the guys have coming into the building is different. You know, the way we do things around the building is different. Just everything. I I can't necessarily point to one thing. And I think that's what's going to help make us a, a, a better team is... Us spending more time with each other, not just in the building, but outside the building. And we'll see where where this thing goes for us.
3: Can't wait to see him play. Of course, one of the biggest differences this season for Tua is that he has Tyreek Hill to throw to. So... Let's pair off a pair of exceptional wide receivers in the AFC. We'll keep it there. Mm -hmm. Who will have more receiving yards in our throwdown Thursday in 2022? Tyreek Hill or one Stefan Dix? I
6: think there's this feeling that Tyreek Hill is this deep threat and you throw the ball as far as you can and Mahomes would throw to him 70 yards and that's where he got all his points. He did do that sometimes, but Tyreek Hill is so dangerous after the catch and Tua is so good in that 10 to 20 yard range. I look at some footage here from the Mahomes era with Tyreek and I go back. I go back to Maybe Mahomes' first game as a full-time starter. Mm. Tyreek takes it here at the mm. 50 mm. on a slant route, and he's gone. And then you say, okay, well, that was all the way back in 2018. How about the last time uh, that we saw Tyreek Hill make a big play like this in a big game? It was the AFC Divisional Round, and this is obviously with 13 seconds left. Tyreek, mm-hmm. the same exact play, about the same, and this was three years later. I think, I think Tua can make that throw. Mm. Tyreek does all his stuff. <laughs> It's in scary. so many ways, but the yak yards, the YAC is where oh. I see it, and I still feel like I don't care who's throwing the ball. Tyreek Hill's going to get his. Stephon Diggs is going to have a great season. Mm-hmm. Gabe Davis is coming on there. I'm not sure I can see him having as many yards. I've got Tyreek Hill. Mm. Though everyone's taking Diggs higher in fantasy, mm-hmm. I think Tyreek Hill has more yards than Diggs this season. That's why I think Diggs is going to have more because Gabe Davis is coming
2: on. I think Diggs is going to see more more looks. However, I have a, a, a mix-up here. I think Tyreek Hill is going to have more total yards because I think he's going to have rushing yards this year. And I think Mike McDaniel is going to get him on mm. um, these little reverse backflips, inside handoffs. I think there's going to be a lot of creativity with Hill, including handing him the ball. Pure receiving, the answer is Stephon Diggs. He's still the truth. But I think total yards from scrimmage will be Tyreek because he's going to get balls mm. a way.
5: Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm going with Stephon Diggs as well. Tyreek Hill coming over from Kansas City and Missouri, the show-me state. We're still waiting to see yeah, two nice. and Tyreek show as well. Josh Allen definitely Diggs have shown us for the past two seasons. 230 catches, almost 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns. They've done it. The poof is in the pudding, like I just said. Mm -hmm. So for me, I I, I love Miami getting Tyreek Hill. And like you just mentioned, hey, Gabe Davis is on Buffalo. (laughs) Jalen Waddle, a guy who had a ton of receptions last year, is still with Miami and they're still going to want to get the ball to him as well. So I think... Miami's offense is going to be built around running the ball and play action. But the focus will be running the ball in that offensive line. The Buffalo Bills offense is centered around Josh Allen. Light him up. Josh Allen. Let's Throw go. the ball all over the field. Rip run around, let it go. And like you said, Gabe Davis coming on. Stephon Diggs sees a lot of double teams. A lot of safety shaded to his side. Another receiver coming on forces a team. Hey, if you just leave Gabe Davis over there all by himself, he can expose your number two corner. So you may have to let that safety play in the Middle, which will open stuff up for Stefan Diggs, like Kyle just alluded I to.
3: I could not agree more with you. Addition by addition for Stefan Diggs. The fact that Gabe Davis can now distract, take away from, Diggs is going to eat, and he's going to have more yards than Tyreek Hill is this season in that Bills offense. The run game is better for Buffalo. It's all going to help Stefan Diggs. Jalen Waddell, not only is he going to help Tyreek Hill, sure, maybe get open looks. But don't forget, Ty to Tango-Bailoa and Jalen Waddle, they have that special connection from college. If he is in trouble, it's going to be Waddle he looks for. He is still working on his chemistry with Tyreek Hill. They haven't had the preseason reps. That's the big question. (laughs) Who is he going to look for? Look for, look for. It's going to be Waddle. He's his guy. So in terms of... How that affects yardage, I just think Stefan Diggs is the answer here.
4: We're
6: now joined by a Super Bowl 54 champion who played nine seasons in the NFL, one of the best offensive tackles in football. Let's go. He once played 7,894 mm. consecutive snaps. <laughs> an all-pro selection and an all-pro guy. Please welcome former Browns and Chiefs offensive lineman Mitchell Schwartz.
4: Let's go,
6: uh, welcome to The Breakfast Table. We've had you on as a guest. Now you're here in person. You announced your retirement just over a month ago. It's been about 30 days. You're in New York City. How you feeling? What are you up to? How's the body and how's the life?
7: The life is awesome. Turns out retiring is great. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> August are a lot better uh, without football and I can just kind of watch them and have my own fun and I can travel I can see you guys I can go eat a bunch of really good food and yeah. uh, do all the things I want to do without the stress of football so all that's awesome mentally I was ready physically it didn't really allow me the chance to continue so it was definitely the smart thing I mean I had a back surgery in college I had one 2 years ago now or I guess last year it seems like it's been forever mm-hmm. and uh, I just didn't want surgery number three, and I'm still not 100% healthy from the nerve stuff. Mm. So it made sense to just hang it up and worry about quality of life when I'm 50, mm. 60, all those things. So feel great about it though. It's been awesome. Yeah, smart, awesome. we're
2: thrilled to have you here. You know, because of this show, we've gotten to become friendly with Chiefs superfan Paul Rudd, this Ant-Man, and I remember he was telling us a story once that he and his son Jack were walking around, and Jack looked at his phone and said, oh my god, Tyreek Hill is gone. He's not on the Chiefs anymore. And they were freaking out, I think a little bit scared. It was a crazy lightning bolt across the league. Mm. As a guy who played with him, who knows what he means to the offense, knows his talents, what do you say in reaction to Tyreek is gone from the Chiefs? And what is the offense going to look like? What impact does it have?
7: I had the same reaction. So we were in Ireland at the time. A former teammate was getting married. I actually ran into Paul Rudd in Ireland. Is that true? Here. He was the one that saw me and goes, hey, Mitch. And he like ran up to me and said hi. What
2: the did he ask that story? you know that was coming? I, I do remember he did. I think he said he was in Ireland when he found out. So, yeah. I, I so
7: we were both that. in Ireland and then we so ran into each other at the same hotel in Ireland. (laughs) And uh, same response, I was like, oh my god, they're trading Tyreek. Yeah. You think about it, you digest it, you realize the market for wide receivers, you're paying Pat, you're paying Kelsey, you're paying Chris Jones, and you kind of start to realize why it happened. It's obviously a blow to the offense. I mean, you can't replace Tyreek with one person. There's only one Tyreek. I'd like to think that they have kind of the plethora of receivers now. I don't know what you guys always thought. You know, would you rather have, you know, kind of five solid guys across the board, or is it easier to take away one dominant guy? But I think the offense is going to be more well-rounded. Obviously, last year, the whole too high discussion needed to run Mm -hmm. the ball a little more efficiently, so maybe they're able to lean into that a bit more. But it's not like the receiver room isn't stacked. They still got MVS, they got Juju, they got Cole they got Kelsey obviously and they got some other guys so the offense is going to be good and then obviously Miami gets a pretty big addition themselves
3: absolutely I love what you've brought so far but now we want to pick your brain we got some concerning news this morning for the Cowboys their tackle Tyron Smith hamstring injury at practice yesterday according to our own Ian Rappaport he could be out until December there's a ton of expectations in Dallas so what do you make of the Cowboys' offense now? How do, you, how do you overcome a loss like this?
7: It's difficult, and that's been the challenge with Dallas the last few years. Unfortunately, Tyron hasn't been as healthy as he'd like, and mm-hmm. their stats with him on the field versus off the field are stark, and it's always been you know, pretty apparent how much he means to the offensive line. And so they drafted Tyler Smith, and potentially he's been at left guard right now. Maybe you could kick him out to left tackle. I mean Terrence Steele's done a pretty good job of right tackle. They let Lyle go knowing that he'd slide in there. He hasn't played quite as well on the left side. Zach Martin theoretically could play left tackle. He could. But I mean, when you've played 10 years at guard and you're kicking out to the opposite side, it's it's a lot more difficult to flip sides than it would be to go from right guard to right tackle. So I think you just try to find someone, whether it's the rookie, whether it's someone else. I mean, there's still a couple guys on the free agent market that you mm. could potentially look into. But at this point, this late in the year, and with Tyron's history, yeah, I think you can't really bank on him being healthy even in December, yeah. which is really disappointing because we all want to see kind of like that full yeah. Dak unleash, see it for the yeah. full year, have the mm-hmm. whole supporting cast. Yeah. And uh, it, it's really a bummer, especially for Tyron because, I mean, when he's right, there's no one like him. He's yeah. just different. Like, he's 6'6", 305. He's, mm. like, cut up. He's, like, 10% body fat. He <laughs> looks like an alien out there. He just, like, locks these up. It's, it's awesome to watch. And as a guy who doesn't have a similar body to that, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun for me to dream what life would be uh, in that kind of body.
5: I love what you said. Just I mean, a lot of people kind of take the offensive line for granted. Oh, he just moved this guy here and moved this guy there. Switching across, it, it's a lot tougher than it looks. And another team that's dealing with offensive line injuries are the Bucks. And since Tom Brady's been there, they've been on fire, won a Super Bowl, gone deep in the playoffs. But now dealing with this, do you think they're still able to come out of the NFC with all of those injuries up
4: front?
7: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's difficult. I'm very aware they won a Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, I like <laughs> Sorry, to think yeah. the reason we lost yeah. is because we didn't have if our you own protection. you were there,
4: we don't know. Yeah. It might have been different. I know.
7: We were know. down a bunch of offensive linemen. Without a doubt. I definitely understand. And with Brady, I mean, the rap on him has always been, you know, pressure up the middle, mm-hmm. get into mm-hmm. his face yeah. as quick as possible. You know, he's... He can navigate within the pocket extremely well. I think he doesn't get enough credit for that. Everyone thinks like, oh, he's just a statue. He stays where he is. But he does move right to left within the pocket really well. But still, that pressure up the middle, I mean, he is 44, 45 now. He just don't want to take huge hits. And that's where all the injuries are happening. So they still got Wirfs. They still got Donovan Smith. The edges are going to be solidified. And you'd like to think, just let those guys work. Kind of two on three or three on two in the middle, solidify it. But once the injuries start piling up, it's difficult, and you can say, "Oh, we've got eight quality guys on the O line, and now all of a sudden you have five quality guys, and like one injury, and now you're looking into guys who would have been practice squad or would have been on a different team or, or not making training camp, and it gets pretty tough." And you know, Brady does have that super quick release, you know, sort of go with the ball, all those things, but you can only mitigate it for so long, and eventually, you know, all it takes is being down. Ten to the Rams and the playoffs, mm-hmm. and we got to come back. And it's a two-minute drill, and you can't rely on the super quick processing. Like you got to wait for a guy to get mm-hmm. open that extra tick, and that's when things break down. And so it's going to be challenging. Now the good thing with the NFL season is you, you guys know, like the injuries early in the year aren't quite as impactful. Like you can yeah. ride out a four-and-four, four, get hot, get healthy for the playoffs, and you know good things happen. So. I would imagine that's kind of where their goal is, just kind of stay afloat as long as possible, mm-hmm. get quality depth, and then get as healthy as they can for that playoff run. Uh,
6: you guys were such a unit when you were there in Kansas City. And then you leave, obviously, Eric Fisher's no longer there. And then they draft a second-rounder and a sixth-rounder, and immediately these guys are going to Canton. Like, <laughs> the way that we talk about Creed Humphrey and we yeah. talk about Trey Smith, I know you watched the Chiefs. And I know there might be some heartstrings about, hey, well, what about us? Uh, Talk about these two guys in their second year and just how good they were. And when you do it objectively, when you analyze, how good can they be, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey?
7: Oh, awesome. Creed, I think, right now is a little more consistent, especially run and pass. He does both at a, at a really high level. Trey is just that mauler inside. He's the physical presence, you know, my last year. Uh, we signed Kalechi Assembly, who you know kind of had the rep as being the baddest dude in the NFL, because we needed that. You know, I don't necessarily bring that to the line.
4: Because <laughs> you do. Know, uh, for as many good things as I
7: bring. I, know. I don't bring what KO brings. I, I have bring no what... muscles or nothing. <laughs> yeah,
3: head. exactly. I don't have 10% body uh, fat. No, but I'm,
7: but really... I'm not like the enforcer, the guy you kind of need to set the tempo up front. That's what Trey they is. want you in the and...
3: trenches, man.
7: It's got to be a guard. It can't be a tackle. We, we got too much dancing to do out there. You know? So uh, you know that's what Trey brings. Like He sets the tempo. He holds everyone accountable even as a young guy. And like when you see one guy being that physical, being that dominant, like finishing that hard, you don't want to be the guy that looks like yeah, he's slacking yeah, off. Yeah. So it brings up the level. And to say that about a rookie, it's pretty crazy. So yeah, those two guys, you solidify the middle, you get the physicality, you get the smart center who can direct everything and take some off of Pat's uh-huh. plate a little bit. And uh, obviously Orlando Brown, I think right tackle is going to be good with Wiley or uh-huh. when Lucas gets healthy as well obviously Tooney left guards as steady as they come Double bag Tooney yep. got that duffel bag to go to
5: Kansas City. oh yeah
7: <laughs> so the O-line's looking awesome and objectively they are two excellent players and we'll wait a few years on the Canton talk <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well you're not
2: supposed to ask anybody who they voted for especially these days but uh, in, in the case of the NFL <laughs> top 100 we can we love the to top 100 it is the best 100 players in the league voted for by the players we haven't revealed this year's cream of the crop yet it's coming up mm-hmm. soon though who is your top Ooh, five NFL wow. players at any
7: position right now who do you she got so it's always the guy who surpasses his peers by the most amount is always Aaron Donald. But I still have Pat number one because, I mean, the quarterback is the quarterback, and I think okay. Pat's still the best out there. I'd have Aaron Donald number two. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, like, tight end, you got Kittle, you got Kelsey, they're both awesome, but. Because they're both so good, they kind of negate yeah. each other. So okay. then you look at offensive line. I think Trent Williams is doing things that no one else is doing at yeah. tackle. So then you have him there. Zach Martin, who we talked about, I think you have to have him in there. A lot of linemen here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I I We're only like at 50% it. right I now. I was waiting to see how many 5 right, who's who's I'll put Rodgers. A Roger like you said, oh. I mean back-to-back MVPs, he's yeah, playing yeah. as efficient a quarterback as you could possibly play. Some people might say that's to their detriment a little bit. He needs <laughs> to chuck it a little more and take some risks, but I think that's a pretty well-rounded top 5 and know, knowing I don't, Kelsey Mahomes, Six, yeah. you know.
3: Knowing Mahomes the way that you do, it would be detrimental to the rest of the league to name him anything other than number 1 knowing that he would hear the noise right, if right, he right, was right. any other number. Is that true?
7: Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he definitely takes in all those things. I mean, <laughs> He's a guy who like he knows everything that's going on in the sports world. Mm. Like I don't know how, but like college, World Series, like, <laughs> he just knows. Like, that's oh, this, yeah. You can go up to him and like, hey, did you see this? Yeah. Like he just knows. He's a sports fanatic. Right. This guy won the cornhole
2: all. tournament. ESPN. <laughs> last night. I saw it. It's amazing. Yeah. No, he'll like he'll know. About it. It.
7: And so <laughs> that's his way to like kind of decompress and like mm. he just loves sports. He loves football. He loves all those things. It's it's really cool. It's fun to be around a guy like that and as someone who you know kind of likes all things sports. And but yeah, if I if I had him fifth, he'd probably start counting. I don't know. <laughs> Uh-oh. Maybe he needs the motivation. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I should have had him fifth.
6: That's good. That's uh, awesome. Thank you. You were awesome. You're the best. You're awesome to see you. You look yeah. good, too. Yeah, you do. Anytime yeah. you're in it's New sorry. York City, come <laughs> stop by here. We'd love to have you.
5: That is all. See you tomorrow. Bye!
0: <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,